It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Well, hello. Welcome to another Saturday morning and a little bit of sad news, folks. We don't have a three-hour show together today. But the good news is the Georgia Bulldogs are playing, so go dogs! They are in Nashville. They're going to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores at noon. So you rewind four hours for pregame and tailgate. That begins right here on your home of the dogs at 8 a.m. So get your questions in now. 404-872-0750 is the number to get on Green and Groin. I'm really happy to be here with you this morning. Got Demarco here. I got Brent here. Brent's really nice. He's going to answer your call, ask you who you are, where you're calling from, and what you're calling about. It's very easy. But right now on the phone, a special guest. I told you guys, very excited to have Jim Putnam on the show with me for the first time he is the host of hort tube and you can look up hort tube his youtube channel and also hort tube on facebook good morning jim welcome to the show uh, good morning ashley good I morning ashley love the Beautiful work start. that you do thank you very much you do thank such you. great things a guest expert for the southern living plant collection for encore azaleas as well and so you live in the southeast too so we're, we're simpatico as far as what we deal with here in, in this part of the country yeah, yeah, I always look at Atlanta's weather today, so I'll know what happens here in Raleigh tomorrow. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's about where we are. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. like one of the crazy things, what was it? Uh, it wasn't Irma. What was the the Ida or whatever, that storm that came through? Yeah, Ida. Yeah. yeah, like we got it bad, and then it moved its way up to Tennessee and North Carolina, and like so much flooding up there from that, my goodness. So, yeah, you always yeah. know how to brace yourself accordingly, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hurricane season is definitely uh, you got to have you got to have your wits about you. Yes. Okay. So this is not a gotcha question at all, Jim. But what is your favorite season? You've got thirty years' experience as a gardener, so I know you have a favorite. Fall by ah. far in the southeast. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, if you're in the southeast United States, fall is the only season we have. I mean, what you know, you're either you're either cooking or. <laughs> Yes. Or you're about to be cooking or fall, which goes on like four months. Yeah. And last year we got robbed. Last year, like, it was really, really hot for a long time. We got a few, what felt like a few weeks of fall. And then it's like, oh, man, it got really cold. So this year it's going right. to be a lot better. We're already predicting, like, great fall color because of the, the wetness we had over the summer and the temperatures. We didn't have a drought, which means showier leaves. And I know you being where you are, you're certainly going to get to enjoy that here in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ah, my favorite. All right. So the reason that you and I are talking today, I'm so glad we got together about this. We could talk about so many topics, Jim. I may threaten to have you back on, but today... Anytime. anytime. (laughs) We'll keep it with camellias. That is one of my favorite fall and winter interest plants in the landscape. The, you know, glossy green evergreen leaves are just so easy to spot. And other than magnolias, really, I think of that as a southern favorite and hydrangeas. But camellias go along with that, too. Talk about just what showstoppers they are this time of year. Oh, yeah, they're absolutely one of my favorite plants if not my favorite plants because they bloom when nothing else is blooming you know mm-hmm. they're the they're the tough guy they're they're looking at all the other wimpy plants in your garden and they're putting on a show <laughs> um but yeah but yeah you know you have the camellia sasanquas that'll start firing off pretty soon I, I was in athens and saw a few openings so i imagine there's a few opening in in atlanta mm-hmm. at this point as well and uh, of course then we have the camellia japonicas after that or as 
older ladies in the South call them real camellias. Ooh, ouch, burn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, and so in my simple brain, because I am not a garden expert, and I told folks that when I began this show mm-hmm. over a year and a half ago, but I have to have little word associations, you know, to keep things straight sometimes. So in my brain, yeah. I think Sasanqua and a September, like the S and S, that's how I keep right. it straight. Okay. Japonica, uh, January. Sense. Yeah. So like that's here it. in Georgia, that's, that's, that's about when they bloom. Right. So and I, and I right. understand what the what the older gardeners are talking about when they really talk about the Japonica camellias. And those are just so flashy, so showy, old South, right. bright pinks and burgundies and things like that. But we do have some Sasanquas blooming now. Um, and one of the cool things that you, you know, working in a partnership with the Southern Living Plant Collection, there's like double digit varieties of just Sasanqua camellias alone, aren't there? Yeah, there are. And I'm actually interviewing uh, Bobby Green on my channel in a couple of weeks. He's like the main, one of the main camellia Sasanqua breeders in the United States. And he, that October Magic series that they have, that October Magic Ruby and October Magic Orchids specifically, those are my two favorites. Just really, really fantastic varieties and super clean foliage. What we've seen on some of the old varieties is, is some leaf spot issues, similar to what you see on big leaf hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the new, you know, new breeding, we've seen super, super clean um, varieties coming out. And so we think, you know, zones seven to nine camellias do yeah. best. Um, but why? What is it? You know, the characteristics that they're favored here in the South, Jim? Uh, well, uh, they they are cold sensitive. You know, a lot of leafy evergreens. Um, you know, like camellias are, you know, end, end up very cold sensitive. So we're just right in the perfect slot for them. A lot of Japanese uh, plants, you know, uh, that uh, they need a little bit of cold, but they can't take too much cold. Um, and they need a little bit of heat, but they can't take the desert heat. Um, us, kind us, of lend themselves. That's perfect for us Southerners, too. I mean, yes, if you think you about it. it. <laughs> we're right in the, yeah, yeah, we're right in the spot where they just absolutely grow grow perfectly. And And, again, you can have them all season. And one of the great things about camellias is how tough they are. I don't think people look at them as, as tough, tough garden plants, but they really are. They just don't require inputs and they make great container plants. I know you're in an urban space and uh, uh, there's a lot of folks that are container gardening uh, likely, and this is a great choice for them. Now, how big would one that's, you know, a smaller variety, how big would that get in a container? Well, you, you're definitely going to want to look for smaller growing varieties. So the October Magic Ruby that I mentioned, uh, Shishi uh, is an older pink variety, and there's a new one called White Shishi. Uh, those are, uh, and then there's one coming called Light Pink Shishi that Bobby Green uh, has also done. Those are great for containers because they're lower growing, compact varieties. That's worth a look for sure. So I'm with Jim Putnam, host of HortTube. You can find his YouTube channel. Um, you talked about how tough camellias are, Jim. And one of the only calls that I really, you know, thinking back, get about problems on camellias are often T-scale. Um, so right. how do we recognize that? How do we be on the lookout for that? It's, it's a white um, scale that attaches itself to the, uh, the back of the leaves of anything in the T family. For those of you who don't know, Camellias are actually the largest, I think, the largest farmed plant on Earth because Camellia sinensis is tea. Uh, we're talking about other species wow. that are for, we're picking for flowers. We can also grow Camellia sinensis in, in Atlanta as well and, and, and in Raleigh. Um, but they get a scale on the back. Like you said, it's called, it's called tea scale. I don't worry about it all that much. Good, okay. Um, I just don't, it, you know, 
it can defoliate some of the older leaves on the plant. One of the keys to success with camellias is getting a little bit of air movement around them. We think of them as part shade plants, but that doesn't mean tuck them up in a corner where they don't get any air movement whatsoever. That gives an opportunity for scale to really get attached with um, easily mm-hmm. and uh, not have any kind of predators to work on them and that kind of thing. So site selection, really important, as you mentioned, so that there's good airflow. You're really planting according to the size they're going to grow. The tag is so important. And, Jim, in your neck of the woods, and you know here, we're planting in clay soil. Now's an ideal time to be planting for fall, you know, for trees and shrubs and establishing those. Um, Give us, what are some of the extra precautions that we need to take as we're installing these so that they drain properly and they don't keep wet feet? Well, you're in the Atlanta area, so folks can find uh, pine bark soil conditioner Ooh. typically in Home Depot or Lowe's or your local garden centers, um, you know, like Pikes or, you know, um, they should be able to find pine bark soil conditioner. And I usually will mix that in with my clay soil. And you want to leave camellias mounded up just a bit. You don't want to, we don't want to be burying them you know, deeply into that clay. But don't go crazy getting rid of the clay because that color in that clay is iron. Mm-hmm. And these are iron-loving plants. These they love the pH. They love everything about your clay soil, except for they don't want to sit neck deep in it and drown. So mounding them just a little bit—that is really good advice. That's going to save you a lot of heartache down the road, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Especially when we get something like Ida, where we get six inches of unexpected oh, rain at one time. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, and then once we are planting these in the ground, get them all nice and happy. Stress and tell us the importance of mulching when doing fall planting. Well, mulching is important anytime. I think it's one of the keys. Uh, uh, I, I, I probably go over this more than anything on my channel is keeping the ground covered. The earth spends all its time keeping, trying to keep the ground covered, dropping leaves and sticks and limbs and um, you know everything onto the ground. Yeah. And humans seem to want to spend all our time cleaning the stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of counter, counterproductive, isn't it? Yeah, right, right. And so the earth is telling us it wants to stay covered. Everything that's not covered is either, you know, is either rock, ocean, or desert, you know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, keep keep the ground covered all the time with whatever mulch you prefer. People, I don't, you know, I don't get, you know, if you want red mulch or pink mulch or purple mulch, I don't care. Um, just keep the ground covered. <laughs> yeah, we, we have some colors that we like and some colors that we definitely look at our neighbors and go, what? What were you right, thinking? Yeah, just, to each his yeah, own, whatever. Right, That's right. right. So, it's, not, it's not me, but I don't care. It's yeah, not mine. Ditto. Well, watching some of your videos over the last few years that you've done, uh, camellia specific as well, I love that you kind of made it a point to point out to folks like you planted them where, you know, they're eastern facing. And why is that ideal? Yeah, they is again. It's a part sun. A, a plant that loves part sun, and so we can get a lot of that morning. We can get a lot of that morning sun energy, and then they don't have to sit out and cook in that three o'clock in the afternoon southern, um, you know, um, exposure. Yeah. And that that's just kind of the perfect spot. I will say that if you have a place that leans a little more towards sun than shade, then Camellia sasanquas are for you. Uh, Camellia japonica is because of that larger leaf. Definitely need you know, half a day or less okay. of, of sun. Okay. Yeah. So Sasanquas can tolerate a little more sun than you would than you would think. Yeah, they definitely do. And we grew them in the full sun at my uh, nursery and, and it was surprising, you know, surprisingly good. 
good. Okay. But I wouldn't recommend full sun. I'm not recommending full sun. I'm just saying they lean more towards a little bit more sun than japonicas do. You know, and I mean, if you're planting them almost at a wood line or something like that, if you're lucky enough to have kind of that nature look at the at the periphery right. of your landscape, like that's an ideal place for them too, because the, the trees are going to have the leaves fall off this time of year and into the winter, but you still have that nice dense green foliage to look at. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great location. And another thing about camellias is they're incredibly drought tolerant once established. I don't want to say you can't, you don't have to water them. Initially, you're going to have to water them. Mm-hmm. But they're one of the few plants that will compete with old established trees. Ah. Uh, there's a list a lot of plants that just can never seem to, you know, uh, root in enough to compete against a tree and camellias can. Uh, Jim, I'm sold. I'm sold. So the Southern Living Plant Connect- Collection, tons of different varieties of camellias that you can check out. Pike Nursery has them in stock right now. How can folks follow you and find out more about the work you're doing? Yeah, I'm on uh, YouTube at uh, HortTube, H-O-R-T-T-U-B-E. And uh, over on Instagram, I tend to put up my more daily activity uh, over on Instagram at HortTube as well. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of traveling and a lot of interviewing of horticulturalists um, all over the place. God, I love that. I need to take some pointers from you from Instagram. That is like the last of the social medias that I'm trying to conquer. So yeah, well, Social media, I, I, call, I call Instagram Facebook for happy people. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's just it's just photos of plants and, and flowers and people's dogs yeah. and things like that. Who's going to who's gonna post a stuff. sad picture or an unhappy picture? You're right. I like right, that. Exactly. Oh, well, Jim Putnam, I am so appreciative that you joined the Atlanta listeners today and shared all of this great information with us. And you will, I guarantee, have hundreds of followers next time you log online for folks who heard you right here awesome. on WSB. Thank you so much. And we we shall talk again. Great. Thanks, Ashley. I would love it. Thanks, Jim. Go enjoy your sports weekend. I love it. We've got the Georgia Bulldogs coming up pregame tailgate right here at 8 o'clock. So we're going to step out, take a break. We'll be right back to Green and Growing on WSB. The update on your weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, a high of 78. Sunny today through almost the rest of the week. It's certainly going to feel like fall. Coming up, we're going to talk to Pike Nursery about great ideals for perennials in the fall garden. Some suggestions that you don't want to miss. And hey, meteorologist Kirk Mellish's blog is out. Fall leaf peeping outlook looks good in the region thanks to the summer rain. And coming up next month in October, back with me again this year, the Georgia Forestry Commission for their Leaf Watch. Every weekend, an update on where to see the best colors. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Great to be here with you on a Saturday morning. Thanks for tuning in to Green and Growing. Just a little bit left of the show to go, and we're going to talk to Pike Nursery an hour early here coming up in just a moment about some great fall perennials. But I want to go ahead and take care of Michael, who's calling from Houston. Did I say that right? Uh, No, ma'am. That would be Houston. Houston. Oh, no. Well, nevertheless, I'm glad you called. What's your question? (laughs) Well, from... From the years I listened to Walter, mm-hmm. if I got got my information correct, zoysia was something you planted later in the summer. And if I remember, I think he said it was really not that easy to do from seed. It so is if not. You could enlighten me on when's a good time to plant it. 
I would appreciate that. Yeah, so seed is really difficult to harvest, so it's best established, and you're just going to save yourself the heartache, the time, and the money establishing by laying sod. And sod, the best time to do that. And, and the time you're going to find the healthiest sod at the nurseries, too, May, June, July. I'd try to get it in by early August for sure. Um, and not really a heavy feeder either. A lot of folks love that thick carpet-like grass and think, oh, my God, I just got to keep throwing all this fertilizer on it. Um, and it actually does a little bit better with less rather than more. Um, and right now is kind of the time we slam on the brakes and you don't fertilize. You don't really need to do anything to it. So ideally, I'd start making your plans, you know, as early as mid-May, Michael, to go ahead and start shopping around for sod. Okay. I appreciate that. You yeah. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much. And just a reminder for those of you who do have zoysia, though, I don't care if you've got zoysia, centipede, fescue, Bermuda, whatever, you need to get that pre-emergent out. We're a little late, but better late than never. Go ahead and get that win- uh, that pre-emergent out for uh, winter weed prevention. All right. Up next with me this morning, glad to have her back. It is Allison Smith, the manager of the East Cobb Pike Nurseries. Good morning, friend. Good morning. Happy fall. Yeah, and I can hear it in your voice, and I know it's like our favorite time of year. And how beautiful does the store look right now? Oh, my gosh. We are busting at the seams with all things autumn. It's amazing. From the perennials, which I know we're going to talk about, to the pumpkins, to all of the gorgeous trees and shrubs. If you have ever wanted to come into a pike, oh, my goodness, now is the time. Yeah, if you have, like, seasonal mood disorder and you just kind of get bummed <laughs> and you're like, womp, womp, it's no longer summer, just go into a pike nursery and you're going to be really happy with all the color. And I think now's the time, Allison, y'all have started the all-you-can-carry pumpkin deal for twenty nine ninety nine. Yes. It's so fun. Even if you don't want to carry all the pumpkins you can carry, watching someone do it is <laughs> yeah. a delight. We've got such a great variety of pumpkins. Of course, we've got all the orange ones for your jack-o'-lanterns and your porch decorations. But we've got cute little white ones, little ghost pumpkins and gourd pumpkins, um, the warty pumpkins, and then little mini pumpkins. The kids love those. I love them, too. I like putting them in planters to, like, make everything look super fall. Yeah. So if you like pumpkin lattes, just go the extra mile and put <laughs> pumpkins in everything. Gosh, that's true. And I do for like, and even beer, pumpkin flavored beer, which may gross people mm. out this early, but I'm good for like a month and a half. And then almost by the time, like we get to Thanksgiving, I'm sick. I'm like, I don't want to see another right. pumpkin flavored anything. I definitely, it over- right. overwears its welcome for a little bit. But so perennials are something I love. Beginning gardeners can think about, this is a set it and forget it kind of thing, folks. So you're going to plant a perennial once, and it should come back every year, given the right conditions, given the right environment, that kind of thing. So we don't have to be sad that some of our summer annuals and our summer color is fading. These are things that uh, Allison's going to share with us that we plant now and we're actually going to see the results now. We don't have to wait another season. Oh, that's exactly right. I'm a huge perennial fan because, like you said, it's almost one and done. You're investing in, like, future seasons. And two of my favorite perennials stay evergreen throughout our seasons, unless Mother Nature goes crazy and gives us like a week of 10 degrees, which yeah. I've never seen in Georgia. No, knock on wood. Autumn no. ferns. Autumn ferns are so lush and gorgeous and durable. A lot of people think they're only for the shade, but I'm telling you, autumn ferns will take a little bit of sun. And in the fall is a great time to get them in containers, get them in your landscape. 
it adds this gorgeous texture. Um, for those who don't know, autumn ferns aren't pure green. That new growth emerges with this coppery orange color that just is pizzazz in any landscape, but not too overwhelming. If you like to stay with like a simple palette, they really bring that texture. If you do want pizzazz, though, heuchera. Mm -hmm. We know it as coral bells. Um, it's a perennial, but the foliage stays evergreen. And that's important because the color variety in heuchera right now is off the charts. You've got everything from like rich caramels to really bright chartreuse, ruby reds, deep like eggplant colored purple, and of course, variegated greens and silvers. It's just stunning. Um, and they have little bitty bell-shaped um, tiny flowers that come up on little stems. That's the perennial part that dies back and returns every year. I love them in the landscape. They are known as shade perennials, but we do have several varieties that will also take some sun. So I love them in containers as well. So could we kind of think, you know, when we're planting heuchera, could they be successful in the same spots we already have, like um, hostas? and things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And both. Yeah. I am glad that you brought up hostas because we all know that hostas are a fan favorite of deer. Mm. The autumn fern and the heuchera are not. Deer will stay away from that. So if you want some really lush foliage and color in your landscape, but you're hesitant because the threat of deer, they stay away from heuchera and autumn ferns, which is a bonus. Uh, oh, the sorry. Next one. I, took, I took a sip of coffee. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, for people who are dying to have um, some blooms, some pretty flowers, if you don't know about aster, get ready. Aster is gorgeous. It looks like little tiny mini daisies almost. Oh, yeah. And you've got pinks and purples, bluish purples, and even white aster. They come back every year. Right now, they are popping. And they give a lot of really happy color. They do well in the sun. So while you can put them in the shade, they're not going to bloom as um, voluminously. So for our sun-loving um, planters and, and beds, asters are a great choice. I love them. And be ready, folks, if you want to stop by Pike Nursery, too. This is something every gardener, I think, should always have on hand. Buy the little stakes, just a simple little tall stake with a little round, you know, coil at the top. Because some of these asters will get kind of heavy and start to flop over a little bit. But, man, all it took was me just popping two or three or four stakes kind of in that area where the asters were to hold them up. And they looked so great up against my knockouts. Like they were just so fun to look at. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. a good point. That's a really good tip. Um, what else do we've got? We have uh, ornamental grasses. My oh, you've probably favorite. seen them in people's land landscapes right now. They are so stunning. So many different colors in that foliage. Again, you can get um, the penicetum that's got like deep burgundy foliage. And of course, the plumes are all exploding in our grasses right now, from the muley grass to the purple fountain grass, even the miscanthus. And we've got them at Pike in both one-gallon and three-gallon sizes. So don't, don't think if you're a container person that you can't get them in there for some height. They look fantastic. Now, how big, you know, the, the three-gallon size... How big will that get? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, pampas grass was kind of just the old fashioned. That's the one everyone went toward. And thank goodness we have so many other options now. But 
will the ones that are in the three-gallon container get that large, or most varieties don't get that big of any kind of some grass? can, Some can and some can't. That's a really good question. Like the pompous grass, as we know, gets really, really tall. It looks great when you need to fill a space in a large landscape. But we also have a little bunny, little kitten, um, hamelin. These are dwarf grasses, so they stay manageable, and they're not going to get real, real tall. So there's so many options to play with there. Don't be dissuaded if you think um, getting a grass is going to overwhelm with its height. Mm -hmm. There really are a lot of options. But if you're looking for height, for sure we've got some good, tall, four, five-foot reaching um, grasses on hand as well. Okay. Yeah, I like the small ones. I like them just out in front of, like, you know, evergreen shrubs or something like that, you know, hedges that they're actually going to give that pop of color. And like you said, that dimension with the flow and the air and the motion that they have. Yeah, it adds a great amount of texture and movement to your landscape or containers for sure. All right, so top five, we've got autumn fern, we've got euchra, we've got asters, ornamental grasses, and what would your other one be? Sedum. Yeah. Oh, sedum is a big fan favorite. It's, uh, it's in the succulent family, so it needs little, little water, lots of lots of light. So we've got tons of sedum. Right now, sedum's in bloom. A lot of people are familiar with the texture of the sedum foliage. It's it's very succulenty. Um, I think I just made up that word. <laughs> but we know what you mean. <laughs> but it does it does bloom. So you get um, a lot of upright sedums are great in the landscape right now. We still have wonderful sun. They are water-wise, which means we don't have to be out there with our watering can every morning. And, and they love the heat. So sedum's a great perennial. It does come back every year. In addition to the tall ones like Autumn Joy and Sun Sparklers that have flowers and can either spread or raise up tall, we've got like the John's Creech and the Lemon Ball, which are great for rock gardens yeah. or little areas that you kind of want a ground cover look, but you've got blazing sun and you want something that you don't have to water all the time. Really can brighten up a landscape with those sedums. Those are perfect. And folks, a lot of these, Allison did a great job explaining and, you know, really visualizing for you what these look like. But uh, jump over to Instagram and follow them at Pike Nurseries. There's pictures of a lot of these things we just talked about, especially one that's really stunning of the coral bells as well. Um, and Pike Nursery now hiring. So you can visit pikenursery.com slash careers if you want to learn more about that for seasonal positions, for part-time, for full-time. And Allison, I know all of you store managers are just waiting to meet these friendly new faces and bring them into the Pike family. Absolutely. It's so fun at our stores. Fall is a blast and Christmas is around the corner. We have a great time. So anyone eager to join our fun team, we welcome them to come in and talk to us. Well, I appreciate you backing your day up a little bit and joining me an hour early for us this morning. Have a great weekend. Go enjoy that beautiful weather. You too. Thanks so much, Ashley. Have a great day. You too. Always good to talk to Pike Nurseries a little early today. Yeah, I have to go off the air at 8 o'clock, folks. The pregame and the tailgate show for the University of Georgia Bulldogs starts right promptly at 8 o'clock and then kickoff in Nashville against the Vanderbilt Commodores. That is coming up at noon right here on your home of the dogs. But stay tuned. We're going to take a break. And in just a few minutes, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. It's Ashley Frasca. WSB. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. 
so thankful for the partnership the show and I have with Pike Nurseries. And uh, my top three to-do list here in just a minute, Allison Smith, the store manager at East Cobb, did a lot of the work for me. You're going to hear me repeat myself in just a minute, but some really key things to do this weekend. First, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing and our meteorologist Christina Edwards. Partly cloudy today, but beautiful, a high of sunny eight. 78 78 and then sunny fully sun tomorrow and monday highs in the low 80s green green and growing ashley frasca's top three things to do this weekend sunny eight it's a new temperature yeah so it's probably time for me to roll up out of here <laughs> number one all right so i've been promoting to plant perennials like asters heuchera sedum all the things that allison talked about ornamental grasses just because they're versatile they provide interest for all four seasons, low maintenance, and rarely affected by insects or diseases or deer. And they add distinction to the landscape and just aspects of motion and sound. And they've got those plumes now that she mentioned. So now's a good time to invest in and establish perennials. Number two, continue to mow and edge and water. Best time to mow your lawn as we're winding down. Cooler temperatures in the evening. The grass is dried out. Fescue could be fertilized now. You do not have to fertilize those. Zoysia, centipede, or St. Augustine, those are on their way to going dormant. Uh, A winterizer, fertilizer, that could be applied six weeks before we estimate the first frost. So listen for Christina and Kirk Mellish for that. But Bermuda grass, definitely be thinking of a winterizer. And number three, save the seeds of different flowers and plants. Now, as temperatures cool, you may be inclined just to snap those stems off. But from the Audubon Society, the seed heads of coneflower and black-eyed Susans, other native wildflowers, those provide food for the birds. And the grasses, not the stuff that you mow, but what we're talking about, the ornamental grasses, native species make good for foraging for any animals that are going after seed or food and letting other dead plants stick around. If you can, that just fills your property with protein-packed bird snacks in the form of insect larvae as well. So multiple reasons why we just should kind of leave some things alone. Um, And again, I feel like I kind of rushed through this. Kirk Mellish's latest blog can be found at wsbradio.com. You can click on the weather tab or on the more tab to find the blog. But basically, really good news for that fall leaf color and the show that we're going to get beginning as early as October 10th. You may already see some of the leaf change. So we can really thank all of the rain we had this summer, certainly no drought conditions at all, for really us being able to see more of that color. And beginning in October, I'm going to be joined every Saturday of the month uh, by Seth Hawkins with the Georgia Forestry Commission for their Leaf Watch. And we did this last year, if you remember, and he'll tell us the best spots in Georgia, North Georgia, Middle Georgia, to see the leaf change. The foresters kind of keep an eye out for that in the month of October. So if this is your season and this is when you like being outdoors, that's going to be a great thing for you. And also, while you're on WSBRadio.com, click on On Demand. And there you can listen back to all of our shows. Scroll down the list. Find me, Green Growing. I'm going to try to put today's show up. Last weekend's show is already up there for you to listen back at your leisure, commercial-free, I'd really appreciate it if there's any guests that I talked to, anything you missed, you're welcome to listen back. I was happy to be joined today by Walter Reeves. We talked about getting ready to plant bulbs now in the fall for those spring flowers. And Jim Putnam, my thanks to him, host of HortTube on YouTube. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and some great videos he has for gardeners in the Southeast like us. Go dogs today in Nashville to face the Vanderbilt Commodores. Have a great weekend. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.